G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Well, as you know, the speeches of our former statesmen, political leaders are influential in how the character of our nation will be remembered and therefore shaped into the future and how history will remember those times. Well, there's a new book that's just been launched over these past few months featuring selected speeches of former Prime Minister John Howard. The editor of this new book is David First Roberts. It's called Howard, The Art of Persuasion, Selected Speeches, 1995-2016. to David is Research Fellow at the Menzies Research Centre and joining us to talk about the book. Hello, David. Welcome along to 2020. Hello, Neil. Great to be with you. David, at the launch of your new book, John Howard was there. In fact, he made a speech on the same night. But in your speech, in introducing him, you said of John Howard, on the night of your historic election victory in March 1996, you pledged to serve the well-being of not only those who had voted for you, but those who had voted against you. It was a generous vision for public service, channeling that old biblical injunction to seek the peace and prosperity of the city. That idea of seeking the peace and prosperity of the city and a governing over all who had been either his voters who'd elected him or those who were not, these are powerful sentiments. Do they reflect something of the character of John Howard? Yes, I believe they do. Um, I believe John Howard went into uh, politics because he genuinely wanted to uh, serve the Australian people. He's a patriot, and uh, he saw politics, in his own words, as the most noble of public service, and uh, he committed his life to uh, serving his side of politics, the Liberal Party, which he saw as the best platform on which to advance the welfare of all Australians. David, it's a collection of John Howard's speeches, and the really among the the top questions might be, did he write those speeches himself, or did he have a speechwriter write them for him? What were your impressions? Well, actually, he wrote the vast majority of his own speeches. So for about 97% of his speeches... He would um, deliver them extemporaneously, essentially. But how he would go about it is that he would write down some dot points of what he wanted to say. He would think about what he wanted to say. And then when he came to the lectern or the podium, he would deliver his speech based on those dot points. Now, for the other small fraction of written speeches, these were written by... um, speechwriters often with expertise in economics or some other specialist field. And so he would read these speeches from the page. But 
the great majority of them, they were done uh, extemporaneously. Well, the interesting thing is because politicians who are gifted as orators don't always stay with their written speech, no doubt you would have had to, in some ways, align what was recorded on those days, perhaps by people who were their media advisors, people who were recording the speeches, and what was actually written word. Did you have to do much of that merging of two documents together, what was written and what was spoken? Yes, well... I was fortunate in that um, the speeches that I included in the volume had already been uh, written down by a transcriber who would have been present when uh, Prime Minister Howard gave the speech. So the speeches were already in written form when I um, edited them. So that made my task a lot easier. David, what do these sorts of speeches mean, do you think, to the way that history is, A, recorded, and how it may be shaped as people reflect on those sentiments that are shared in speeches by John Howard? Well, yes. I mean, his speeches um, sort of covered two main areas. Um, The first being that his speeches were really um, expositions of his own political philosophy that was based on the liberal conservative tradition. And uh, he spoke about the Liberal Party as being a broad church um, that on the one hand uh, emphasised the freedom and rights of individuals and uh, economic freedom, but also the importance of social tradition and order and uh, faith in Australia's traditional uh, institutions and values. Secondly, his speeches uh, covered the main policy preoccupations of his government, whether that was uh, tax reform or um, foreign policy, uh, social welfare reform and so on. And for a lot of people, that won't be wonderful bedtime reading, but for some who'll be studying Australian history into the future, these sorts of things become very important volumes, don't they? Yes, they do, because uh, they allow people to um, to discover what John Howard said for himself, because often um, what John Howard said is filtered through um, media sources like newspapers and the TV news, but by reading these speeches, people will actually go to the original source to find out what uh, Mr Howard actually said as Prime Minister. So is this a hand-selected account, uh, because you've got that word selected in the title, and that might indicate that there were some you included and some you left out. How did you decide what were the most important speeches to include? Yes, well, first of all, I wanted to select speeches that um, gave voice to his own guiding philosophy and set of principles that he brought to politics. And second of all, I want to uh, feature speeches that reflected the main uh, preoccupations of his government um, and also the main events that his government um, presided over, including the uh, Sydney Olympics of 2000, the Centenary of Federation in 2001, 
the uh, September 11 terrorist attacks, the Bali bombings, and uh, other momentous occasions that he, uh, over which he was Prime Minister. I've spoken to people who almost yearn for a return of the leadership style of John Howard. I wonder how you reflect on that period of history and, and of course, we could reflect on his as an element of what shaped his character, which shaped his leadership style. How do you talk about John Howard in some of the commentary that you've provided in your book uh, describing him and, and his own personal faith ethos? Yes, well, going to the first part of your question... Um People certainly do uh, yearn for uh, the steady hand that he brought to government, particularly in light of the recent revolving door of uh, Prime Ministers coming and going. They look back to the Howard era at a time when um, Howard was Prime Minister for over 10 years, and he uh, led a very stable government and people yearn for that uh, continuity and stability in our national leadership. Now, coming to the second part about uh, his faith, um, John Howard uh, was brought up a Methodist, but he uh, identified with uh, Anglicanism uh, later on in life. And um, his faith certainly had an impact on his uh, worldview, uh, to be sure, he was rather quiet about his faith, but uh, it was an earnest faith, and uh, it certainly shaped his understanding, for example, of um, the importance of family and uh, also the philosophy of mutual obligation, that people existed as neighbours to one another and that they had duties to one another as uh, neighbours in the community. Um, he was also very supportive of uh, faith-based charities uh, such as Wesley Mission and the Salvation Army, uh, which were a key plank of his social welfare reforms. And also he was committed in education policy to expanding faith-based schools. And... Uh, Lastly, he also spoke uh, with reverence for Australia's Judeo-Christian inheritance um, when he spoke about uh, Australia's history and national identity. I think the things that John Howard stood for, and as you say, quietly spoke of, but more loudly enacted those things that were shaped by his faith, uh, important because in recent years, as you reflect, that John Howard has emerged as a voice not just of Australian values, but as a voice of Western civilization in our public and intellectual life. These sorts of things will resound beyond our shores, no doubt. Yes, that's right. Well, his message uh, certainly has an international reach, at least in the Western world, where... Um, other comparable countries like the United States and Great Britain are also um, soul-searching um, their uh, historic identity and uh, they, of course, uh, appeal uh, to the Judeo-Christian inheritance and also the classical heritage um, that uh, underpins our Western civilization.
And David, you've also done a similar book uh, based on Robert Menzies. As you're making any sort of contrast or comparisons here, how do you think John Howard fits? And uh, given that you're uh, your PhD in history, how does John Howard fit in amongst the pantheon of great Australian prime ministers? Well, yes. In uh, 20th century Australia, there were three sort of preeminent uh, liberal figures. Uh, the first being uh, Alfred Deakin, who was very much the architect of the Australian Federation and uh, was one of the great uh, early uh, liberals. And the second was obviously uh, Sir Robert Menzies in the mid-20th century, uh, who um, founded the modern Liberal Party and who uh, gave liberalism a new shape and form uh, in the mid-20th century. And then the third, of course, is John Howard himself, who um, sort of gave new shape again to Australian liberalism in the latter part of the 20th century and uh, early 21st century in Australia. So there's definitely a philosophical um, thread of continuity from Deakin to Menzies and then Howard. Well, certainly when you've got a a compilation or a collection of speeches, uh, they are available and open to various interpretations, but at least you can read them word for word as they were said. Uh, Let me point people to this book. David First Roberts is the author or the editor of Howard, The Art of Persuasion, Selected Speeches, 1995 to 2016. He's research fellow at the Menzies Research Centre, holds a PhD in history from the University of New South Wales. And you'll be able to get a hold of this new book uh, wherever you buy good books. It's published by Connor Court Publishing. So you could simply Google that book title. Uh, The book is Howard, The Art of Persuasion, Selected Speeches, 1995 to 2016. David First Roberts, thanks so much for taking some time to share your thoughts about this compilation with us today on 2020. Thank you so much, Neil. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.